This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. Get movie microscope. Today's episode is Deep Blue Sea. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the multifaceted, multi-layered, multi-facial, completely plasticine, enveloped in darkness and wind, smothered in kisses and lives forever. Justin Waddell, what's up, sir? Oh, man. Nothing much. How, how you been? Walking the, the fine line between love and hate, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's, uh, you just came back from vacation. Let's not call it a vacation. It was a, it what was, do you mean? It was a scant few days away from uh, Earth, stressing about Earth. That's true. So you weren't stressed when you're when you're down in Florida, huh? I hate it. I hate it. I mean, it was just hard. It was hard. It's hard. It was. It's hard. But I did get to you know watch my kids jump on top of dolphins, which was cool. Oh wow! How was anybody hurt? No, it was intentional. It was part of the fun. How do you do that? What do you get to ride dolphins? Like you swim with the dolphins? I'd... Yeah, we have it. We had we had a boat, and the boat would go where the dolphins like to hang out, and we would drive around. And then when the dolphins were playing with the boat or hanging out, kids would jump in, and the dolphins would swim around in the middle the of the damn go, sea. Where the kids zoom in? Yeah, they were loving it. Now, do you ever think they'd send a dolphin to space? Yeah, and I ask you this for important reason. I was reading about all the monkeys that they shot into space before they sent a man up there. They killed so many testing out rockets, trying to get mon- you know, monkeys into space to see if it was safe for man. And they went through a lot, at least a baker's dozen. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know, cause they probably did it because, you know, monkeys uh, are so smart, but dolphins are smart. Let's say a monkey gets to space. Yeah. Then what happens? Well, I think there was some like suffocation problems. There were certainly some landing problems. Sometimes the, the monkey sadly would land and then they wouldn't be able to recover it in time. And it would like, you know, what that happens when an animal's in a hot car, right? Greenhouse. And effect, so yeah. I was trying, my son had asked me an innocent question. What was the, the first monkey in space, his name? And I think it's Albert <laughs> was his name. And so I was, oh, this is sweet. His name was Albert. And then I read the rest of the entry. He died. And so did many of his. Uh, <laughs> how, did, how did Albert leave? I think he might have. I think he's maybe suffocated in, uh, when he got up there. He didn't come back down alive, but some of them made it down from space alive. But then they died because the the landing was so harmful. This is awful. I'm saying it like it's a joke. It's not. It's horrible. Splat Albert. Is that what happened? <laughs> I don't think it's that sad. You don't, huh? The human race is a filthy thing. You know, they test products on the babes. Yep. You know, they mistreat. Uh, they have sex with the babes sometimes. There's a lot of things going on with those babes. Those oh sweet God. little animals. 
you know? They do, yeah. Yeah, they mistreat. I mean, certainly we are not kind to uh, uh, animals There was on this an planet. awful dolphin slaughter like a week ago. Like, was there? Yeah, like uh, nasty. It's part of some ritual that some human culture has where they just slaughter thousands of dolphins. It's, it's like a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Fuck those people. Man. Why don't you think they, you know, monkeys off limits, you know, like, why don't you, isn't there a fast food chain serving up a monkey burger? You know, when, when did that decision I just think it's get a made? B- bitch to cook and clean, right? You think so? Yeah, I mean, I mean, not the chicken are easy, but I think a monkey, first of all, it's looking at you and it looks like your cousin while you're eating, while you're doing all that shit. I got a cousin who lives in Louisiana, ain't far from a monkey. It looks like a friend. There's not a lot of good meat on there, you know. That's what I'm thinking. You gotta, Maybe you gotta the... work a lot of. It's like it's like when you catch a like a brim, right, or mm-hmm. a sun or sunfish or bluegill, whatever you call it in your culture. You know, you catch it, you gotta let it go because if you're eating that, that's just more work than it's worth. I mean, that's right. a, a lot of a lot of people that don't have money. That's they have to suffice and eat that little tiny bit of meat on that fish. And and I I, I wish them the best, but it's a lot of work for a little reward, right? Right. Monkey, what are you eating? The elbow, the knee. That's what I'm thinking. Like maybe it would be a picture of a world where you know the coolest guy you can imagine leaning against the wall, cigarette in one hand, monkey chin on the in the other. You know, yeah, just taking a you know a, a tiny bite you know every few minutes. You know, eating it like an apple almost. Yeah, or you like like a little tiny ice cream cone. And you got some monkey's tits in it. <laughs> I mean, that's just a, such a, a misuse of power. Anyway, that decision was made, but those, it's, the earth is crawling with those, with those animals and, you know, hard to catch. And I bet that some cultures do, you know, I mean, you know, I, I know that they were eating them in Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. They're eating monkey brains, right? And, and faces of death. Yeah. I mean, that's no, that's a, that's there's monkeys are eating a lot. Like I know people that have same gone, director, right? Same director. Yeah. But people eat the dick out of monkeys overseas. I mean, I mean, not literally, probably literally, but no, monkeys are food. Mm-hmm. Most people. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly um, naive when it comes to this. I haven't looked it up, but I, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm thinking. Meanwhile, yeah. all I want to do is have a pet one and it's illegal, but not because they're a food someplace. It's because they're, you know, Ross wild. had one. Ross from Friends. Remember, he had he had he famously had one. And and John Panko uh, was was uh, experimenting not, with one of monkey show. Not so famously. <laughs> I've never watched one episode of Friends, but I could tell you that monkey's name. Yeah. Is it Marcel? It was Marcel. Yeah. On the show. I don't know its real name. Its real name is Matthew Perry, which caused some trouble on the set. <laughs> so they had to call it Marcel. There was a monkey. Uh, Last name Wallace. Yeah. Is it really? Is it Marcel? Yeah, that's right. That is. It is Marcel. You think about Planet of the Apes, right? Was that part of it? We're launching all these creeps out into space. Is that what started that? Was Pierre Bull up in arms about? Man, well, they keep sending these monkeys out in space. What if one of them took a liking to it, you know, or didn't suffocate? Um, the science fiction part of that story isn't that they became sentient; it's that we didn't fuck it up and suffocate them. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I remember in the Tim Burton remake, right? There was a monkey in. And like an astronaut suit, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> My dad and I, I grew up in Illinois, and we used to listen to this uh, DJ out of Chicago that used to do, I think it was it called Stupid An- Animal Story. It's called Animal Stories. And they'd always tell a story. It was Larry Lujak and his sidekick, Little Tommy. And his Larry Lujak would tell a story of like an animal thing in the news. It was like, you know, and it was like some horrible thing about a dog. And, and then Little Tommy would say, 
doggy gonna dog gonna be okay, Uncle Lair? No, little Tommy. Every time <laughs> the animal story would end in tragedy, and I guess they maybe they could have milked it a little bit and gone through all these poor monkeys they shot in space. Right. right. Well, anyway, they're not doing that anymore. I don't think. Although I think maybe recently a country sent a monkey up. Fairly recently, I might be wrong, but by mistake though, they thought they thought it was just a guy. Why is he so small and chittering? I don't know. Send him up. More than once a month, I go on to an exotic pets website looking to see if a monkey's available. So that's a dream of yours, huh? Because I know you're a huge animal guy. You love, like we've talked about before, you had an iguana at one point. You certainly have a lot of pets now. I know you have a snake, a couple cats, a couple dogs. So I have an order which... coming in uh, live from underground reptiles arriving tomorrow by 1030. Live, live lizards coming in the mail to me. And those are for, for, for going to keep them as pets or you feeding them to your snake i don't know you they're, always they're, feed stuff they're, to pet. your snake. I don't, I, they're pets i don't feed live things to my snake I'm, i've got a little lizard hab habitat going on behind me and you have you a lizard has a lizard ever lived there before yeah is this, is this new it's it's this is more of a species like they i had a i had a, a family and over the course of a couple of years they've you know they don't live that long but they've laid That's a right. ton of eggs i've got like little eggshells lying around they're so cute mm -hmm. uh and i love them so i uh i was down to one and I wanted to build up the uh, family again. How many coming? Seven. Jesus. Are you serious? They're, You're going to have eight lizards? They're small. They're small. Sophia's okay. got two upstairs. Mm -hmm. She's got two lizards, a rabbit in her room, and a fish tank. Rocco's got a turtle and a fish tank. I got a two fish. I got a fish tank, a snake, lizards. Regular zoo over at your house. Yeah, we bought a zoo. Great movie. <sighs> Episode. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's not beat around the bush. So it's a movie microscope, folks. It's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film through the battered hemorrhages of life, breathing bladders as we skip, touching the tunnels of the stomach until the weird news comes through and broadcast to the Midians and sauce it up before belly dancing our way across the valley. Watch a film through a set of mistrusted eyes and get up in there until the winter's over and shave ourselves from the delights of tomorrow. <laughs> Regular William Carlos Williams over here. What are you doing? Little Wendy O. Williams here. Uh, uh, <laughs> watch film through the bloody eye. See what makes or breaks. <laughs> Share with the likes of you, the listeners. So if we were talking about shoot the moon, we wouldn't talk about the scene where Albert Finney slips and only grazes the moon. Everybody gets fucking furious and starts hammering him with shit. <laughs> talk about the little moments. And there's is that a, a shot. Is that a movie Sean Penn is in? He's in uh, racing with the moon. I think. Is that it? Who is he in that with? I think it's got an early, an early Karen Allen. Yeah, but it's another dude too. It's Sean, Sean Penn. It's another dude. Shoot the moon. No, I guess. Oh, Timothy Hutton, maybe, or is that Falcon and the Snowman? Anyway, but you're talking shoot the moon. I'm not familiar. It's a, it's, it's a famous one. It's, it's a, by an Oscar person. I remember Albert Finney. It was on cable all the damn time. It's a family mm -hmm. drama. Albert yeah. Finney, Diane Keaton, and I believe Karen Allen, and then some hunky actor too. I believe. She was in that and Racing the Moon, Karen Allen? I don't I think she was in Shoot the Moon. Well, you had said Racing the Moon. No, no, I, I, no, I, I, that was when the subject got changed to Sean Penn. When you brought Sean Penn in. Oh, my fault. Okay. Uh, who's the hunk I was thinking of? Let's see if it's really a hunk. Directed by uh, Alan Parker. Great filmmaker. Got Nick, Nick Cage in this. And then um, Elizabeth McGovern is the last. Oh, you know who the hunk, you know who the hunk is? Who? Peter Weller. Oh, and shoot the moon. Yeah, I was looking at bracing. Hey, we're we're on two different moon tracks. What year is yours? Oh. Mine was eighty two, eighty four. 
82 might be the best year in cinema history. Do you think so? Well, Shoot the Moon came out. E.T.? The Thing, Blade Runner. You could be right, actually. I think. I what else came out. I bet. Uh, I think Airplane 2. <laughs> Let's find out. We got to go on this sidetrack here. 1982. Poltergeist was 84, right? Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. Get ready. Get ready to get wet. Okay. Creep Show, Cat People, The Thing, The Verdict, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, wow. Rambo, First Blood, Beastmaster, Halloween 3, I'm Not Done, Poltergeist, Tron, E.T., 48 Hours, Dark Crystal, Blade Runner, The Thing, like I said, Officer General Conan, Quest for Fire, episode uh, like 190, uh, Airplane 2. <laughs> you got it. You nailed it. Um, Friday 13th 3, uh, Swamp Thing, recently discussed in the movie Microscope. Tootsie, recently discussed in the movie Microscope. Rocky 3, Time Walker, huge. Man from Snowy River, uh, we mentioned that quite a bit. That was a hell of a year. Cue the Winged Serpent, man, oh man. I mean, it's got to be some more forgotten gems, you know, yeah. from 82. I mean, Back in 82, we were we were 10 years young. Uh, I ain't done. Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. Oh, that's a that's a classic. That is, oh my gosh. I mean, what? I, I mean, you could have just said the thing and Blade Runner, and that would have had me, I would have already signed and, and delivered that. The Incubus came out that year. Gandhi. All, they were double billed. Uh, Victor Victoria. You got Still the Night with Scheider and Streep. Uh, I, we got to find one more. I got to pull one more out from the ass. Let's look at Time Bandits. Is that 82? That might be 82, actually. One of the best movies ever made. Yeah, I think it might have been 81, actually. Well, okay. Well, it was still in the box office in 82. Literally one of the best films ever made. I know. It's so good. Night Shift. Great movie. Modern Problems. I love that in the theater. Movie I auditioned for, Six Pack. That we've, we've told that story on here. That's incredible that you auditioned for that movie. You could have been... Uh, you could have known Kenny Rogers. I, I met Kenny Rogers. You could have known him. Yeah. You know. Um, Diner may have come out that year. I doubt hey, it. Diner was 81, right? I okay, think. so that was a holdover Grease too. Zapped, starring your favorite. Oh, fucking Scott Bayo movie. They, that's when he zaps the clothes off. Oh, Diner was 82. Um, he zaps the clothes off of women, and Willie Ames in that. Yes, I he think, is. Well. And is Adrian but Zemed it, as well? I don't know, but in Zapped 2, maybe that's where Zemed stepped in. I think he stepped into Grease 2, right? That was Maxwell but, uh, Caulfield. Oh, who was it? Zemed? He must have been Zapped 2. A movie, uh, Vice Squad, which we did a song about. Night Six did a song about. Uh, Ragtime, which was the original name of Carrie. Das Boot. Das Boot came out? Me oh, too? Yeah. Oh, my God. The Beast Within. Signed, 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 signed sealed, 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 delivered. That's the best movie year. You're right. You Actually, it is. the. Well, well, let's, well and shoot we'll the moon. That. Okay, so I got it. This is, I think 1982 might be the most form, like formative year in my life. Mm-hmm. Because you, I'm going to tell you a movie that you forgot existed. That okay. was ubiquitous when we were kids. Hanky Panky. Kelly Preston. That was Gene Wilder and Gilda Radner. Oh, God. I don't remember that movie. Rollover. I don't know that. Jane Fonda. Ultimate movie on um, HBO when you don't want it to be on. Whose Life Is It Anyway? Do you remember right. that? I think it was... Mm. Is, that, is that Blind Mark Singer? Or is that Richard Dreyfuss? <laughs> Megaforce Partners. Cannery Row. Oh, what a special time. Harry Ford, right? Harry Ford and Car- Cannery Row. That's Han- right? Hanover Street. God damn it. I'm so wrong all the time. What's what's what is Cannery Rose, Deborah Winger and Nick Nolte, maybe. And then what what's the ones Harry was in? Hanover Street. That was, Did you rent that hoping so? Um, uh, I was. And it was a love story between him and that kind of actress that 
disappeared. Mm-hmm. I rented so many movies or saw watched so many movies hoping that they would be their Star Wars character in. But seriously, this is an example. This is HBO in a nutshell when I was a kid. You mm-hmm. talk about these movies that were on all the time. The Last American Virgin, Looking to Get Out, always on Barbarossa with Willie Nelson. Yes, Giorgio. I cannot tell you how many times I would turn on HBO and Yes, Giorgio was on. And I had to wait an hour and a half for uh, to be happy again in my life. <laughs> Pennies from Heaven, dreadfully slow movie. Steve Martin, though, yeah. and Bernadette Peters, I, right? I love her so much. Yeah, she's still killing it. What? She's still awesome. She's like, okay. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still killing. She's the wrong one. She's the one that shouldn't. Have, she, Madeline Kahn should still be alive. Bernadette should be gone. Why? Can't they both be here? No, fuck them. There's only room for one. So, what's your uh, personal relationship with Deep Blue Sea? I saw it in the theater pretty quickly. I think I probably saw it opening weekend, and, and was excited about it. You know, just because of the premise, probably. And I probably liked Rennie Harlan back then a little bit because of. Long Kiss Goodnight. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Die Hard 2. Which this movie has a reference to, sort of. Um, yeah, Die Hard 2. And then, he didn't he do an Elm Street movie, too? I think that he, was kind of yeah, good. Yeah, he did three. Yeah, he did three. Wait, Chuck Russell. Did he did four. Or he did three, four. Three. Chuck Russell did three. I think he did four. So he was like kind of a one to watch back then. Then he didn't he, he, he did do Cutthroat Island before this, right? Which he, a movie you said you like. I don't hate it. And um, But that was a huge flop, like a disaster for him. Yeah. Starring his then wife, Gina Davis. Hard to believe Matthew Modine wasn't a huge star. Yeah, they tried. Yeah, well, he's great. I, I remember we, I was running the website back then, so we covered the hell out of it. I loved Which it. One? This movie. I loved it when it came out. Jeez. I 99, so I wasn't there yet. I don't know when. I, I might have joined in 99, but I, I wasn't. Maybe I early 2000s. You loved the movie when you saw it. Yeah, well, I, I'm a It was fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's got my favorite line of Ronnie Cox dialogue. Ronnie Cox uncredited at the beginning of this movie, like it isn't in the credits, doesn't have a line, and just sits there uh, looking uh, like a gray fox, front and center for a second or two. That know? that was the big takeaway from watching it this time. Yeah, was what? why the fuck do you get Ronnie Cox and show him and then don't use him? I think you he probably he's like put me in anything, Ronnie. I just want to work with my favorite director. That's probably it. Um, and uh, I don't care if uh, you give me a line of dialogue. And usually when actors say that, they're hoping that, of course, they'll get a good part. But Rennie Harlan was like, yeah, OK, I'll put you in. I'll shove you into my movie wordlessly. Right. And then he's like, uh, can you give me a little? I don't really understand my character. Give me a little direction. Rennie's like, be old. <laughs> Perfect. I remember snippets of this movie, but there are things, whole parcels of it I don't remember. And the intro, I really didn't remember. It's awful. I didn't remember it either because it, it it reminds me of like, a, I guess it is kind of a spoof of like a, of how horror movies start where like some, you know, pretty young things get mauled at the beginning and kind of set the stage for disaster. But in this case, it's a little bit of a bait and switch because these young co-eds that are hooking up on a boat, they start getting attacked by a shark and it looks like they're going to die. And old Tommy Jane steps into the scene to rescue him. Do you think Breaking Bad stole that teddy bear shot? I think so. I think it's a reference for sure. Yeah, there's a teddy bear on a on a boom box that goes into the drink when the shark starts to uh, ram the boat. So what's Tommy Jane doing there, uh, rescuing? Why is he there, Nick? And he works- let's talk about the cast real quick. Let's let's run right, it down. So Ronnie Cox, you <laughs> yes. got you got LL Cool J. Boom. You got Stellan Skarsgård. You got Saffron Burroughs. Oh yeah. You got Michael Rappaport. <laughs> yes. You got Ada Totoro. You do. You got Tom Jane. Mm-hmm. You got Samuel L. Jackson. And then you have that girl whose name I forgot. Oh, yeah. What is her name? I looked her up today. 
because she's still killing it. She may be she's killing still... it. She's awful. She's not awful. She has though. way she's... too much dialogue in this movie. She's great. She's Australian. Oh, you're if you're, um, all for all is forgiven. Uh, but she's so she has kind of a kind of an interesting accent in this. Sounds a little strange, but I liked her. I thought she was. I thought she was good in this. She gets bit in the vagina. She gets bit a lot. Doesn't survive. Her name is Jacqueline McKenzie. You may remember her from Malignant. She just showed up in that, Nick. I don't remember her in it. She was the actress that had a huge shark bite. Oh, yeah. And she around. Huge shark wound. Shark bite wound. So I, I do love the fact that this may be the first film where there's a newspaper headline that says, Test Shark Escapes. That's unfortunate. So Tom Thomas Jane has... I guess, the premise of the movie is there's a sea lab that is experimenting on sharks uh, in hopes to cure Alzheimer's disease. And... Um, Tom Jane plays Carter, kind of <laughs> Carter, who is this rough and tumble, seafaring uh, ex-con who knows sharks like the back of his hand, right? Like he he's just he's a badass in the water, and he you know knows these sharks, he loves these sharks, he can work with these sharks, and he has tracked this this shark that has escaped the habitat and got it back safely, right? Yeah. I think he uh, tranks it. Yeah, the premise of the film is they are burning through money. The test shark has escaped. Samuel L. Jackson has consulted with Ronnie Cox off screen about shutting down this project. Sap- Samuel L. Jackson plays the big the big bucks guy, the financial investor. Yeah. Who's in, I think he sunk 200, 200 million into this bad boy, this project, and he wants it shut down because he's like, it's getting too cray. Yeah. It's getting nuts. And you haven't pr- produced any results. And, you know, Saffron Burroughs, this is her, her baby. She's like, her character's like, Look, we're testing this shit tomorrow. Give us a shot. Give us the weekend at least. She's like, you do you know anybody who's had Alzheimer's disease? Yeah, her daddy did. Yeah. And it's weird for her to ask him that because if he doesn't, maybe he has Alzheimer's and doesn't remember. Uh-huh. You know, it's like a weird catch twenty two question to ask a dude. I know. So then Sam Jackson looks into his heart. He's like, Look, I'll give you the weekend. I'm coming too because I want to get quickly bit in half by two sharks. <laughs> is that going to be possible? Is that part of the stay? She's, and uh, she's like, I can try to make it happen. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So they 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 zoom it to the sea lab called Aquatica. Well, they don't just they don't just zoom. First of all, Saffron doesn't just burrow. Saffron flies. She pilot it. She pilots that that horse. Oh my god! I didn't notice. She pilots the the sky horse. Yeah, it's so cool. She gives Sam Jackson a ride into town on her in a plane. And this is what's so cool about this movie. And I, I think this is kind of spells. This is why you hire Rennie Harlan. The helicopter shaped like a shark, which I thought was interesting. It's like the whole thing looks like a shark. Oh, you didn't notice? I didn't notice because I thought all helicopters look like that. Look like it looked like a Jabberjaw, a cartoon shark. Okay. Had a big smile. The, the window was the teeth. You didn't. I didn't. Anyway, they zoom over to, the, to Aqu- Aquatica next. And we get to meet. What do you think of the name? It's great. A recurring theme on this show of floating rigs or underwater rigs, right? I mean, we did Lethal Weapon 2. We did, oh. And a fucking storm. Of course, a fucking storm. So it's got a lot of these these signature movie microscope moments in it. Uh, But Saffron flies, and then a fantasy island joke happens. When he lands, that's rough. There's some really rough dialogue in this. And then we get to see how muscular Thomas Jane's stunt double is. We do, yeah. Because that dude is shredded in the, like, his back muscles are like freaking icons, man. He's wearing uh, pink swim trunks. I didn't notice. I was too busy looking at them bulging rips. 
Is he, are you, are you talking about when he's under the water? Yeah, he's ri- riding a shark. Yeah, because there's a shark with a with a damn license plate in its mouth. It's the shark, the test shark came back and has a license plate from Jaws in its mouth, Nick. No. no. Same one, yeah, like, apparently. Oh, for real? Yeah, I read the Zoom. Yeah, and so then for some reason they put it back into the into like the kind of the water area of the sea lab and Tom Jane <laughs> rides goes shark riding and gets the license plate from its um from its mouth. I don't know why they didn't just take it out whenever the shark was like suspended in air, but I guess he wanted a little bit of you know, I don't know, put a little danger yeah. into it. Anyway, um That was cool that they did an homage to Jaws because uh You know, Rennie Harlan, let me zoom in real quick. There's he they there's a reason is the main reason he took this film that he decided to do this film because he wanted to get the financing for ICU from Finland, Nick. Uh huh. From Finland. <laughs> it's as good as the Fantasy Island joke that Sam Jackson has here. <laughs> the name of the company is Chimera Pharmaceutical. We've talked about Chimeras on here. I know, but what do you think of that name? It's ominous. I do. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it's a company that would be named as such would be up to any good out in the world. There's a great line of dialogue. I believe Stellan Skarsgård delivers it. Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. I think it isn't Stellan. It's he the, doesn't it's, talk it might be much. the girl. It might be your girl. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the girl, the short-haired I guess she's a bi- uh, biologist. I think that's her role in this. So we we soon meet the rest of the cr- the skeleton crew so to speak because the main crew The skeleton Stella Stellanton they're gone for the weekend, and so they left Ada Tashiro, who is the fat communications, oh, yeah, communications person. They got Michael Rappaport, who's like the tech nerd. Um, did his hair color throw you off a little bit? They had brown hair, yeah, it did a little bit, yeah. And then, um, you know, Tom Jane, who just jumps in with sharks all the time, and you got Stellan Sarsgaard, who is kind of partnered with Saffron Burroughs a little bit, he's kind of the project lead, it seems like the, the, the guy that's kind of calling the shots in the lab a little bit under her advisement he's a little bit of a weirdo he's introduced peeing into the wind outside like he's just kind of this seems to be like kind of a drunk certainly a like a smarty but doesn't have a lot of uh, social grace so to speak pretty soon that doesn't matter <laughs> and ada Totoro is, is introduced dancing or she's shortly after being introduced she's dancing mm-hmm. which uh, knocked uh, five stars off the movie did you did you notice an appearance of something we love early on in this film Mm-mm. Piece of hard, piece of hardware we love. A little molded blue plastic we love. What an iOmega zip drive makes oh, an yeah. makes an appearance in this film. I almost said it. I almost said that. And then um, and then Saffron researches. Yeah, she, what are you talking about? I'm just she, her, she's multi talented. That's all she does. Yeah, she researches. No, Saffron Burrows, Saffron <laughs> Pilots, Saffron researches. She also cuts corners, but we'll get to that. Um, she breaks rules, but you know. I think her character is actually pretty interesting in this because she's that'll be your secret. Well, Saffron Burroughs is, is, is a kind of a likable presence on screen and her character does some very unlikable things in this movie and then pays the price. You think that she probably, I'm surprised that she does. Uh, she ends up as, uh, as I don't know, in half at the end. I feel bad for her. Cause I heard it was a tumultuous shoot. Mm-hmm. And then she had to go home and lie under Mike Figgis. <laughs> Yeah, she did date Figgis. We talked about this recently. <laughs> uh, what do you think about what they choose to feed the sharks? I thought it was kind of strange. Other sharks? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was interesting. Did you notice, though? I did see when it, they, yeah. uh, they wolfed hard on that fin. 
They did. They they ripped that shark in half, and then they proceed to rip most of the cast in, in half in this movie. People are usually in half in this movie if they're if they're near a shark. Stellan somehow doesn't get ripped in, in half, but he has a bad day. What do you like think about bad. yeah? What do you think about the physics of the sharks in the water? They look pretty bad, I think, because I think a lot of them are CGI creations. Well, they there. are, but they move so fast, and it doesn't. They don't feel it doesn't feel natural in the water. It makes me sad. No. I think I think I've seen a lot worse though. I mean, I you know I, I think Rennie Harlan said that they didn't have a lot of budget. They don't show a ton of shark in this. I think it's effective, but yeah, the CGI stuff is kind of shaky. So but, you some know, of the animatronics are great. Yeah, twenty years ago though, I mean it's it's not bad for for over twenty years ago. It looks fine. They, they you know what's worse? There's a shot of like the waves rolling in at one point. This the storm and those the water effects were pretty bad. I thought. I think it's around the same time as Deep Rising, right? Deep Rising, yeah, maybe, oh, yeah. A way, yeah, yeah, a way better film, but also there's some effects that don't live up that well. But how do you feel about them discriminating against white climbers? LL Cool J drops a, a super bombshell to Samuel L because his character apparently is the survivor of this avalanche. It's part of his his story, right? He was and the Alps, yeah, yeah, yeah. And LL Cool J, LL Cool J takes him aside and says, "Let the white guys do that." What are you doing? Yeah, why'd you do it, man? Yeah, because because uh, Samuel L. Jackson's trying to fit in. Yeah, the crew is throwing in this birthday party for Saffron Burrows. Uh, you know, above because you know most of this this a lot of the Sea Labs underwater, but you know they're top deck, right? And they're they're having a blast up there. There's a birthday banner, and they're throwing a party for the best, most laid back person in the crew, Saffron Burrows. <laughs> so much fun. To her credit, right? Saffron celebrates. <laughs> so. So LL Cool J, yeah, he, you know everybody's heard of Sam Jackson. He's like a famous rich dude, and he had an accident in the Alps. And so Sam L. Jackson's trying to bond with with LL Cool J. He's like, I love because LL Cool J is this chef. Mm-hmm. He's the cook, and he's like, I loved your food, man. He goes, Let me give you this. Why did you climb up mountain, you dumbass? Basically, yeah, yeah. it's a white people thing. Which it, it's and then Tom Jane's giving uh, him shit for being a suit. Yeah well yeah yeah his mm-hmm. boss yeah his boss and it's great because Skarsgård's a little a little tipsy with his girlfriend there having cigars which is nice to see but um he's uh he's obviously not a history professor because do you remember when he's talking about the past he's talking about sharks you know the oldest oldest living thing he goes they're from back when the world was just flesh and teeth that is not accurate yeah you don't think so uh, huh? if there if the world was just flesh and teeth i want that world back you know, he said, I think maybe he's the guy that it's like, you know, sharks don't get cancer. Sharks don't go blind. They live for like a long time. But Rennie Harlan later said, oh, he zoomed in real hard. He's like, that was inaccurate. Sharks do get cancer. He threw water on that line you they, know, or cold uh, ice on it, which really? made me sad. I, I thought that'd be cool if sharks didn't get sick like that. Do sharks get COVID, you think? <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny if they edited the movie. Sharks don't get COVID. They don't go blind. He said that they 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 took a lot of liberties in this movie, which I thought was a huge see. I shock. I was on IMDb and it it said that it doesn't say that they don't they they can they can get cancer. Okay, yeah, doesn't say that, huh? But they can get full blown AIDS. Rappaport's shoes suck. Have you noticed the shoes sucking in this? I noticed that a recurring theme for you is you noticing people's footwear <laughs> in movies. And I'm not surprised, but I don't, I never look at the feet in this. I, I did notice Saffron Burroughs, she had those um, body glove shoes on, you know, with her wetsuit. Yeah. I did notice that they kept, kept focusing on her feet. Yeah. Well, she was auditioning for Living Color at the time. So, but um, yeah, he's got like those boots with the white socks up above, rolled down, like in yeah. so 90s. 
Is he's it? got Timberland type things, yeah. dark brown, white socks, long white socks rolled all the way down. Mm-hmm. Looking wrong. He. What do you think of his character in this? A little bit. Uh, I like. I actually like him a lot towards the end. Towards the beginning, he was. First of all, his his line delivery was suffering a little bit, but actually, I thought he kind of came into his own a little bit in the in the. Yeah, he's got a good presence. I think the movie does kind of a good job making you like its characters before they kill before it kills them. And Tom Jane didn't do a ton of movies like this, right? Like he didn't do a lot of action movies, no, did he? No, no. Uh, this was shortly after Boogie Nights. They gave him a hairstyle that makes it look like he's got gigantic ears in this, and maybe he does. Yeah, but I don't need to know that. I want to have the the dream the dreamcatcher version of him forever etched in my head. You think you got some ear work to pin those babies back or what? I don't know, man. Let them fly, man. Let those ears People out. People do that apparently. People do get some ear work done if their ears stick out too much. Someone was accusing Patrick Wilson of this on Twitter. For real? Of fucking with his ears. Yeah. Mhm. Showing some before and after pics of uh of those bad boys. Are we talking like a Mitch album in this? I I don't know. They nip. They accuse him of nip tucking his his ear stuff. I, I'm surprised if that's true for Patrick Wilson. We can't hire you because your ears. If you do something about it, maybe we can see. Patrick Wilson, don't say a negative thing about. It. The only thing is, Randy Couture actually had a magnifying glass installed in front of his ears. It's very strange. <laughs> to her credit, shortly after the <laughs> saffron showers. <laughs> <laughs> So there we're also introduced. We well, we we skipped over the most important part of the movie. Okay, we're introduced to LO Cool J in the kitchen, preparing for this birthday party. I guess his sidekick is a parrot that is very foul mouthed. <laughs> uh, F O W L, right? And he, but it re- it's a shit talking bird. It's a strange scene because the bird is accuses LO Cool J of having a fat butt, a big fat. I didn't butt. catch that. And then LL responds by grabbing some whipped cream and then sexually feeding <laughs> this parrot a whipped cream and commenting on the parrot's tongue. It's nasty tongue. And he does. So he delivers his lines centrally. Yeah. Like sensuous. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's a weird scene, Nick. It, I guess it's, it's supposed to underscore it's lonely at sea. Well, he's, and if he's obviously was a, a father and yeah, a husband reveals, and a preacher before mm-hmm. becoming a cook on a on this rig. So his nickname is Preacher. There's a, the most shocking reveal in this. Everybody always talks about the Sam Jackson death. The most shocking reveal in this movie is L.O. Cool J saying his full name in this. What is it? He says, my name is Sherman Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to start doing some tests on some sharks. That's why got to. after the party, and, it's time. To that's start. why Sam yeah. Jackson's here. They got to the, the clock's ticking, right? They give Rappaport the most ultra generic lines while he's typing and tapping. Sure. He's doing he's actually sort of playing Sam Jackson's character from Jurassic Park in a way. But um, when he's doing his little type, he's he, he drops. Elvis has left the building. He does because Tom Jane's out in the water. And then, yeah, Tom Jane is going to gather a shark. And when he does gather the shark, what does is, what is Michael Rappaport say when the thing starts to rise into the chamber? I don't remember. Did someone order fish? Oh, yeah. Not bad, actually. Actually, I delivered it better. And then Saffron brain steals. <laughs> well, so then they explain to Sam Jackson, Jackson who, who should know what they're doing, but they, they, they lay it out you know, to the audience and Sam Jackson that they, they have a shark model, which is pretty cool. They remove its uh, the top layer of its head, and there's a gigantic brain underneath. And they're like, you see what we're going to do is take a needle and get some of that brain juice and cure Alzheimer's. 
That's what they said. And Sam Jackson's like, this seems kind of weird. And, and they're like, no, it's cool. It's all above board. We've done nothing inappropriate to these sharks. Uh, we did not gen- genetically enhance them in any way. So don't worry about it. We promise that we did not violate the Harvard Compact. Yep. But they did, Nick. Yeah. And you know what that means? The Harvard Compact spells it out very clearly. They say, don't make sharks super intelligent. Yeah. So all they say is a one-line compact. Right. And they did that. They instead did that. Um, and the sharks are smart. Those guys are super smart. You heard of school school of fish before, right? Right. More like college of fish. Exactly. Guys, you know yeah. Right. Um, you can and tell these guys... because they've grown a vestigial tassel on the top of their head. <laughs> and so you know they. No one realizes this yet, though. Everything. Everybody's like, you know, this this test probably goes smoothly. Let's go. Tom Jane's out there to wrangle a shark. Things kind of go wrong, but he still gets it done because Tom Jane can shark ride. Yeah, that's a, it's and, foreshadowing, by the way, mm-hmm. as is the model of the shark. And so he I love how what they do is the, the shark's kind of about to kill him, but he send tr- he tricks it and it bites like his suit. Yeah, that he is like positioned and then he tranks it. And then somehow he gets this gigantic shark. What is he just underarm it? <laughs> So like they don't show it, but like he tranks it, and then I guess he just swims it into the lab. Yeah, you know, like yeah, he just there's like of course like a little whirlpool thing, whatever that that thing's yeah. called. And they bring and then then they you know he actually docks with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dicta- he's in there ta- in that little pool. He's taking care of it. He's always splashing water on it when the yeah. scientists are doing their their work on the shark, which it, it involves a lot of weird like headgear and like a big old needle going into the brain. And so Safi does her test. She gets she gets the, the shark brain juice. She she brings out some human Alzheimer brain tissue and pours a little a couple little drops of the brain juice on it and the brain comes back to life. Yeah, and, and it's funny because she she dictates something I dictated to myself mm-hmm. later on in the film when she was stripping down to her skivvies. Mm-hmm. Membrane activity improving. They do make her get almost naked in this at one point. It's very awkward. It's her Ripley moment. I think Rennie Harlan was like, "Let's." This is her Ripley moment. Rennie Harlan's like, "You're a model, and we are getting you into your underwear." She's like, "I don't." She's like, "Listen, I'm Rennie Harlan. No one will question this or talk about it. It's fine. It'll be accepted. It's fine. It won't be criticized." So um, they the, the mission accomplished. People are sort of celebratory. Why the, not? The fish is sleeping. Stellan's like, "I'm gonna go near the water, have a cigarette." And they get that birthday party banner down. They they bring it down to the lab. They cross up birthday, put shark. <laughs> They're so excited to have another party. It's a success. They've cured Alzheimer's, Nick. It worked. But that shark is hungry for some cigarette. So they think they knocked. They think they've knocked um, the shark out. It seems like they have. They certainly. The readings say it's it's sleeping, mm-hmm. but Stellan gets too near with a cigarette and the shark bites his arm off in a very slow-mo scene. Yeah, and it's funny. I, I love it in movies when something grabs an arm and it breaks in a different part. You mm-hmm. see it a lot in horror movies and stuff where an arm is getting cut off or ripped off and where it, it breaks in the wrong spot. And it happens to Stellan in a big way and it makes me super happy because there's a part of me where I don't want to see something even approximates Stellan Skarsgård hurting himself. I don't want to see that. Well, you know, and what I liked about this, the callback or the call forward when he says he gets his arm ripped off. He's like, don't worry about it. This sucks. But you can just put a robot arm on this. Just like just like Luke, just like all those other guys. I'm fine. This this is this is bad. It's not the end. And he's like, he he goes, look, this is the world. Flesh and teeth. I mean, like I called it called my shot. (laughs) 
Um, he doesn't look the best as soon as he gets his arm ripped off. He's out. Because he's he's like he is um this really kind of cocksure dude, like kind of a dick. And then as soon as he gets his arm ripped off, his attitude changes. He is in shock. He never we never see the warmth that enter his eyes again. He is they immediately get him they call in a help, a, a helicopter to help, and they got him on a gurney and they got a little oxygen a- going in. MC? and they get him up the surface and it's you know it's howling up there there's a huge storm it's good and it's dangerous helicopters trying to get in to save him they hook him up they hook his little gurney up to the you know the helicopter hook that's fine it's look it's it's gonna be trouble and he's taken to safety at the hospital where he's fine and they start you know they start you know pulling him up with their little metal like uh tether or whatever that that thing is and the whole gang gets back inside to safety stellan's hanging out there in the storm and then all of a sudden, their little thing stops working, and Stellan's hanging over the the, the cruel water's neck. And then it breaks, and he gets dropped. But he's in fine. There. Actually, it doesn't break. It doesn't. He gets dropped in there. But he's fine. And and then a shark decides to get him, and then the, thus the helicopter, and then pulls the helicopter into Ada Tatura. <laughs> and Brenda exits the film. And there's a great yeah. shot of her basically experiencing an explosion. I love it. Yeah, she gets thrown back. She gets thrown out of this world to the pearly gates, where they say, "What was ha- what happened? We we didn't we weren't watching that area of the Earth. What exactly happened? You're quickly here." And then the- and she's like, "I think I got exploded. I think I got killed in a helicopter explosion that a shark caused." And then the angel and- looks at his ledger, says, "Oh, I've missed. This is a mistake. Please step into this inferno." And she is sent forever to spiral down into hell's. <laughs> Ever licking embrace, and she just is shredded. Every skin is shredded forever and ever. Yeah, and St. Peter's up there, like, oh, got a shark attack victim. Oh, yeah, man, we got a lot of those up here. It's, it's rough, man. We're real sorry to hear it. Um, you know, we can talk you through that. The people have these horrible experiences, like with thinking about being bit. She's like, no, I was, I was a, a shark rammed a helicopter into me and I blew up. Is this a John Landis film or? Oh God! So anyway, everybody's like kind of panicking. The the cameras have have been eaten by the sharks. The sharks turned off the cameras. So they couldn't. They don't really know what's going on down in Sea Lab, and and so they're trying to see that they know something exploded. They're trying to get a bearing of what's going on, and they're like, "Is Stellan okay? Did he get to the hospital?" And then they look out of their little window into the sea, <laughs> and they see it like a tiny little watery Stellan coming. Now you can them. hate this movie. You can hate a lot about this movie, but there's one thing. You are not entitled to hate, and it's this moment in the film. <laughs> it is very memorable. It's unbelievable. Not only the sharks are the sharks smart, they got a wicked sense of humor, too. So shark rams Stellan Sarsgaard into the huge glass window they have protecting them from the ocean. Hard enough where it starts to crack. And Stellan is just kind of in the glass giving this I'm so sorry look. Did you notice I, I that? Don't, I don't have it as an I'm I'm so sorry. That's not the look I got. <laughs> what is the look you got? Damn blast. What is what is going on? Blazes. What tarnation. I wonder if he's still positive in his mind. He's like, I think I can survive. Well, the this. funny thing is, is they, they give him oxygen and an oxygen tank because right, so you can let you be underwater. That's, yeah. that's not why they gave it to him because he's, that, no, that's what so it helps. It absolutely helps as long as elongate his death. I think it hurts. I think he would have preferred not to have that oxygen. Then again, I'm surprised that they didn't like when all this happened and he's just like, 
in that room, they don't have a scene of his dead body getting slapped by his his arm. Honestly, though, if I were Lady Justice, man, you mm-hmm. put you put on one scale, you put ramming a, a, a somebody on a gurney into glass underwater on one hand, and you put curing Alzheimer on another. I don't know which one I'm picking. Like Mission <laughs> Stellan's probably like Mission accomplished. Either way, motherfucker, I am par- yeah. I'm part of something crazy good. This shark straight wrecks the lab. The window breaks, allowing all the water into the room. Our heroes, the rest of them, get out into a corridor and, and close the door behind them. And everybody's kind of a little upset by the turn of events. They they don't like what is happening. They think it's not good, and they don't understand why but, the but wh- they're trapped between like a shark and then up up top it's burning. Yeah, and there's water that's screaming through the corridors. And to her credit, Saffron runs like full on through the corridors as the water attacks. Do you notice, by the way, uh, throughout this entire movie, there is a big blood splotch in LL Cool J's eye. He's got like a a burst vessel in his eye throughout this movie. You can get that from like, um, like movies, lots of things. If you throw it like a project, like if you, if you drink too much, you throw up, you get, I had any strain on your eye. I had one a couple weeks ago, actually. First time. What happened? Oh yeah, yeah. You had something happen to you. Well, I know that was something else. I had a, I had a, a, also had a burst vessel in my eye. Maybe it was from uh, when I was flying. I don't know. You know, last episode you talked about this company that advertises on um, podcasts called Roman. Yeah. Do you know that they use brain shark brain juice? I did. That's how they get. That's that's what they use to get the the dick hard. Is that what they do? <laughs> I, that would be that'd be fantastic. I don't care. Yeah. I, you, yeah. You're supposed to use a dropper and just put a little bit on your peep. <laughs> Have you seen the commercials? It's like a either mascot's a winking shark with a that has a slice in its breast. Yeah, I like to cut out the middleman, so I just fuck a <laughs> shark. I'm I imagine someone on Earth. Maybe you think it's been attempted. It has By to the be way, attempted. did you notice? This is so cute mm-hmm. when. Uh, Shit breaks loose and the and the facility is uh, compromised. Do you notice that the shark doesn't swim into the building? It saunters into the building. Did you notice there's a shot of it just sauntering in? Maybe like the shark a little bit. I like the sharks in this sort of. They're smart. They got swagger is what you're saying, right? Yeah. By the way, Ella Cool J separated from our ragtag crew and he's in the kitchen and he hears all this explosions and all this horrible stuff happening and he tries to climb some stairs with his pet parrot and then he gets a lot he gets waterlogged and uh kind of blown back into the by the kitchen and he's like what's happening he doesn't understand what's going on but unfortunately he finds out soon that there's a shark in the shallow waters near him and he has to yeah. skedaddle yeah he grabs a frying pan to to yeah hopefully attack yeah, and it, this opens up this whole religious thing with him here there's a little bit too much religion i don't remember that but yeah that's kind of overbearing in this is that he's he's very religious and he and he's like a cool cool guy cool preacher he's got a lot of stuff hung on him in this character in this movie he's a chef he's very religious got this cross he's always holding he's got a parrot that sits on his shoulder he's got an injury to his eye he's got awful pants Mm -hmm. there's a scene where a a shark is trying to headbutt its way through a door and i and maybe sam jackson says was that a goddamn shark that broke through that door oh he's surprised he's that's why he keeps putting it together is how these why the shark ramming the doors how do they know and then he pieces it together that they they broke that harvard thing that you're talking about and and right after to her credit saffron pleads (laughs) but well the best is 
in the LL Cool J scene, like he's like, you know, he's freaking out about all the stuff that's happening. And there's a floating playboy that he grabs up real quick in the water and, and takes a quick pick at, a peek at the centerfold. I thought it'd be great if, if he took the time to handle handle his action a little bit. It gives him it gives him um, he's like, man, I wish I had Roman. It gets him um, it gets him uh, gives him incentive to live. Remember, that's what they imply. Like, I hope I get out of here. Yeah. I can get next to a, a lady. I think that's kind of what well, it's he, trying there's to There's a line later on where he's talking about how time changes. Yeah, you know, time flies when you're with a lady and how time seems to take forever when you're holding a hot pan. Yeah, it's a take on an Einstein quote. That's right. Yeah. And Einstein, a bit of a ladies' man. I, you know, did, did we talk about this before? Young Einstein? Just Einstein and Joan. Oh, about Yahoo Serious. All right. No, tell me. No, apparently he was, he, he liked the ladies a lot. Yeah. A little bit of a stud. So E equals MC69 or. <laughs> one of the other moments I didn't remember in this film that I love makes me love the sharks more when it nudges the oven on with his cute nose. Of course. And so hello, you know, to escape the shark has to dive into his own oven. The shark is ramming the, this, the oven and, and it turns it on, unfortunately for old LL. And so he has to knife his way through the top of the oven. It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's weird for him escaped. to have an homage to jaws and Schindler's list in one film. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh my God! So he he jumps out of this. So yeah, you know, he, he gets a one up on the shark who kind of is breaking into this oven, uh, the smart shark, and he jumps out over, kind of beside it. And then since the gas is on, he's he, he's able to throw a lighter and blow up the shark. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't talk about something that's really interesting in this. There's a, there's shark POV in this shark POV shots. Uh-huh. Did you love that? Yeah, it's a fetish of mine. Yeah. Love POV shots because you bring them up sometimes. Yeah, well, I I don't always love them, but I loved them in this. Yeah, and I thought it was cool because these these like we said the sharks are smart. I, I thought the, the cool the POV sh- shot started with the shark with its nose in a book, and then it swims towards the lab, puts it down, puts a bookmark in. Yeah, and the Rappaport shirtless. I'm sure you noticed. I didn't get on his wetsuit. Everybody has to get on their wetsuit because they they think they might have to go into the water, which is a bad idea. Swim past all the sharks to get to the surface. Right. And um, they're getting their wetsuits on. They have to strip, obviously. But I wondered, because Sam Jackson is in a dad sweater in this a lot. Do you think he took it off before he got in the suit? Or Yes. But you think that everybody's... Yeah, obviously, they're they're stripping down to get the wetsuits on. But I'm thinking that maybe Sam Jackson took off complete bottoms, but kept his sweater on and tried to put the suit on that way. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like his outfit, by the way? The the white pants and the white and black shirt. No, sure. He looked ready for. He looked like ready for the the cl- country club. I loved it. Sam Jackson's fun, like in this. Like I think, you know, he's obviously friendly with Rennie Harlan, who who put him. I think in one of his best performance in my performances, in my opinion, in, in Long Kiss Goodnight, he's so good in that movie. He's, he's so funny and he's great in it. And he, he agreed to work on this movie because he liked work with Rennie Harlan. He, and he, and he gets put in like a funny role. You have to trust a director. Jana Lee role, I guess. Uh, no, sort of. No, yeah, sort of. No, you're not expecting him to go out like that. He's like the William L. Peterson in this. Yeah, you got to trust a director if you're going to say a line that tries to illustrate ice being faster than water. <laughs> yeah, he gives a huge zoom before he gets killed. He's standing in front of this little pool um, of water that they're going to dive into. And he everybody's fighting because they're scared. And Sam Jackson has this huge speech. Obviously, people know the scene, but about how when he was in the Alps, they actually had to kill some people to eat them to survive. That's not what I got out of that. 
What does he say? I think I think they, he does say that. I think they had to murder some folks. See, I just thought that they just they 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 got murdered because because they were just fucking annoying. I think he says there were seven and only five came out because they decided to they needed to eat some people. Oh, see, I miss. I I, I thought like somebody kept doing like a, that's what she said joke in the in the cavern, and they're like we've had enough, you know. And then they outed them. The worst is when they kill the first guy and they're like, hey, you know what? Don't mind that taste. Pretty good. Let's get another one. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is they talk about how, and this is true, sharks don't like the taste of human flesh. This Mm -hmm. film would have you believe otherwise. I know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Sam Jackson gives this speech where he kind of outs himself, I believe, as a murderer. And then the shark quickly karmas him. (laughs) I I didn't remember Thomas Jane saying, hey, you might want to stay away from there. I forgot about that. Which is cool. Like, it's a cool, like, thing to do like to say because everybody's kind of feeling that might happen so he kind of goes don't do it don't stand so close to the water uh sam jackson of course does not heed that advice you know that's a bad effect and i think the guys that pulled that effect off don't like it either you know people kind of complain about how it looks i mean nobody's really seen that happen before so maybe that's what it looks like i thought one of the it was cool to see uh some people play out of character michael well, what michael I- rapaport plays the person with intelligence in this what I thought was interesting about that scene, and I had forgotten, I remember, of course, the scene that he gets pulled into this, but they quickly, you know, in the jaws of some shark and gets pulled into this little pool, you know, whatever. But I forgot that they take him outside and another shark then comes up and they they both rip him in half. Yep. I guess in case you think that he might be coming back. Yeah. Did two or three, no, three people get ripped in half in this movie. Michael Rapport gets chomped in half and then Saffron Burroughs, they, they show her little body... <laughs> Do you see that little effect at the end where yeah. like half of her body is like just spinning in the water? Yep. 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 <laughs> pretty brutal. So they're trying to get away. They, they decide to go and uh, flood the compartment so they can rise to the surface. Yeah, they're not going they, that way anymore. Yeah. There's a pretty cool scene, actually, though, where the shark is sort of circling in this circular tube. Yeah. While waiting for them to get close enough. It's kind of cute. Saffron, to her credit, hangs, you know, to try to... When uh, they're they're on a ladder, they're climbing this ladder, and then Tom Jane, these the water's rising too fast, so he's like, "Look, I'm gonna be a hero and open one of these uh, doors, and the water will meet this other water, and it'll slow things down. It won't come up so fast." And then um, that works. Unfortunately, <laughs> then there's all sorts of other shit happening, and the ladder gets dislodged, and and our, our my girl, who I like that it was a malignant, gets thrown into the water. Tom Jane tries to rescue her, you know, a la Sylvester Stallone and Cliffhanger does not work. The shark was like, let me eat her whole body. Yeah, but let me get there in the heat triangle first, you know? Yeah, he eats her from the legs up. Yeah. She doesn't like it because she says, she said her, fam- her last words were, I don't want to die. And the shark does not heed her last wish. Yeah, they're smart, but they don't have ears. You know, that's a big mistake Saffron and her crew made was not installing ears on these sharks. Do they not have ears, can, huh? Can you imagine sharks with just ears? Big ears, like big um, Patrick Wilson ears? Yeah. like can you, It's so embarrassing. Pre-surgery, it's huh? Like, like a doll's eyes with the doll's ears. <laughs> you know, that's, that's weird, though, because they're known in science circles as the sea listener. You know? So it's kind of weird that they don't, but... For, what if we have any sea, seafaring listeners, any sea listeners that listen to the podcast? Hey, let us know, guys. Yeah. You're on a boat right now, and you hear the show. Um, we'd like to know. And we'd like to know. be invited to that boat. Can you touch water right now? Let us know. I hope someone's on uh, floating on, on some body of water listening to this, regretting every choice they made in their entire life. Nah. Did you notice how cute Thomas Jane sits 
shortly thereafter. Of course not. So Saffron, I think at this point she researches, right? Yeah. She leaves. Saffron leaves. But Tom Jane is flustered, man. He's mm-hmm. given up. He's out of options. So he sits down all cute against the wall, all bashful-like. He emo sits. Yeah, it's so cute. Then he's thinking, he's like, huh, oh! And then he remembers He remembers he has another plan. Did you notice the most unfortunate victims of this entire film? Hmm. As they're going their way through this, this center, there's a fish tank with goldfish in it. I saw it. Yeah, I did see it. It's in her, it's in um, What's-Her-Face's room that just died in the, through the crotch. So... Yeah. so Goldfish, we're unattended. No one's going to feed us. And they see all this water rush in. We're saved. And then it's salt water. We're dead. I know. Well, well, here's another thing is that at this point, we forgot LL Cool J kind of saves these guys. It kind of gets them to safety. Like they think it's another shark, shark barreling through the door above them, but it's LL Cool J. He helps them, you know, with, with the help of like a bed sheet, bed sheet ladder. Yeah, and then they're trying to figure out what they're doing. They need some batteries. They start to formulate a plan how to get to the surface. Yeah, Rappaport's looking for a vibrator in that scene, of course. Yeah, because they're looking for batteries, and um, they used to have poker. Did I mention this? They have, they had that's where they played poker in that. Yeah, room. the little, they little had poker, poker game. Yeah. yeah. Um, you see, and they said, "Do you remember last night when Saffron folds?" <laughs> so there's this amazing sequence where Thomas Jane and Rappaport are the two guys that have to go into the water to do some dumb shit to make some dumb shit happen in the plot. Yeah, they need the tech guy to go press a button. <laughs> but that's really what it amounts to. So Rappaport is down there and he's scared and he goes and he hooks up with uh, Mr. Jane. Before that, Jane is down there by himself. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we get a, a guest appearance, a return engagement. Stellan. He's back. They didn't eat him yet. He's, it's just his destroyed gurney ridden body and there's this amazing scene where thomas jane starts screaming it is awesome i was yeah he screams forever I was, he, he surfaces the screen <laughs> it's incredible. it was incredible yeah that was my one of my favorite parts of the movie actually yeah it's like a very long just a very kind of non-heroic scream very much so say. yeah and it draws Michael Rappaport to him. He's like, what's happening? What's going on? Like, I, you're supposed to come back for me. Like, they're both they're both terrified at that moment. Yep. Rappaport's like, I'm not leaving you. I'll go help you press that button under the water. And he does. He successfully presses the button. Yeah, and then what happens? Well, that shark eats him. I think he gets shredded to death. He gets bitten half, and then they show his foot, wiki feet, and it is twitching. Yeah. At least it's out of that and dumb Tom, shoe. Yeah, and Tom Jane's like, yeah, he goes, he doesn't, he surfaces and doesn't scream. Which is very interesting. <laughs> well, he saw that coming a little bit. And then uh, a really bad scene happens where LL Cool J finds a video camera. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we, yeah. And he, and he, uh, he was recording his last will and testament, I guess, if he does die. And he gives the recipe for the perfect omelet. And he zooms in. He says, don't, don't mix milk with eggs like a lot of people and, and, do. That's your and, first And you got to use two eggs, not three, which is, doesn't make any sense to me. Did, did you ever um, mix milk with your eggs? Absolutely, I have. I don't do it. I make eggs without them, but my aunt does. I've done it both ways. What do you think was better? You know, I'm a fucking boring. I like hard boiled eggs. I'm boring as shit. I like scrambled eggs, but I would never put milk on there. Mm-mm. Why? Just don't do it. I like my eggs a little burnt too, a little little browned. That's nothing wrong with that. Zoomed in. Do you use milk with your cereal? Eggs. I put eggs in there. Yeah. No, I do, of course. Okay. Yeah. What kind of cereal do you, are you into? Uh, sunshine oh. or yeah, sunshine. Is that some kind of health cereal? Yeah. Huh? yeah. Or is that marshmallow suns? No, it's actually ah, no. Every every flake is shaped like Danny Boyle. <laughs> There's a prayer circle. 
scene, which I which I really did not need. You know, and everybody kind of takes Rappaport's death hard. They like him. They like that character. And LL Cool J realizes he's not coming back. Even Saffron kind of takes a little hard. Yeah, so they're they're formulating their final plan, which is actually wait, did we do we didn't go off Saffron, we didn't go on her adventure yet. Yeah, she because as the she, she's gotta go get her zip drive discs. So she's gotta go save the data. And that's when Nick was talking about her stripping down to her skivvies. That's what she goes to rescue this data, the zip drive, and then a shark is in there with her. First is a jump scare with that model shark earlier, but then the real shark comes in and she's on a table, like balancing on a table in her wetsuit, and she realizes that she can maybe shark shock the shark to death, but she has to ground herself. And so to do that, she takes her wetsuit off to reveal, I guess, a skimpy bathing suit or underwear. Yeah. And um, that's a big, that was a big uh, complaint about this movie when it came out. I don't, not a complaint, but people thought it was gratuitous, I guess. So I guess that is a complaint. And she shocks the shark to death. She kills it. Yeah. It sizzles in the water. But then, does she then remove the thing from the water? Because it's, you can't, can't get, you don't want to jump in there. I guess there, she, what No, she they put? show a shot of it. It's destroyed. It's fried. It, it, it fries itself out? Yeah. So she was, she's not able to save her data. I saw it. It did fry her data, but I was like, is it still live? No. Like, what no. She put it back in its little something box or yeah. something, and then and then she rolls the shark over, and it's got a rager. <laughs> so they do a prayer circle. They go, you know, they they basically have exhausted every option. They finally got to get the fuck out. You know, they do, mm-hmm. they do. They get to the surface, yeah, and everything's fine in the end. <laughs> nope, there's one shark left. They've killed two. LL killed one. Safi killed the second one, but there's one shark left. Yeah. And she's pissed. Well, and LL Cool J doesn't enjoy it either. Well, so here's the thing. They realize that Tom Jane has a realization. He's like, oh, fuck. They've been flooding the sea lab because they want to jump jump ship. They want to jump over this little, this this fence that we have installed and then get to freedom. They want to get, he wants to get to the deep blue sea. And I'm like, good, let's let it go, man. But they have to stop it. They're worried that it's going to eat some other people. And so, yeah, first of all, LL Cool J, what happens? So when they surface, he he gets beat. He gets bit, right? <laughs> and you think he's going to die. He uses his cross to to save himself. I don't know why. He's the one person that shark doesn't immediately bite in half. <laughs> it just carries him around by the leg and then it allows him to, rookie mistake, stab him in the eye with a cross. Right. I thought it was cool that he goes, your mother sucks cocks in hell while he's doing it. I did think it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, nice callback by Rennie, who did an exorcist movie. He did the best one. That's a huge zoom. <laughs> what was it called? Is either Dominion or um, the other one? Him and Schrader each did one, or somebody? Yeah, Schrader did one. They didn't like it, so they hired Rennie Harlan to fix it or to do a whole new one. And then there's two different ones. I never saw either. I think they both amounted to not. I much, reviewed right? them both back in the day. Stellan was in one, I think. Yeah, I think you're probably right. the Rennie one. I, didn't, I mean, they're they're bad, but there's some fruit to be. We'll find out. Episode two hundred and two hundred. <laughs> 200 and 200 yeah. we have to do yeah we definitely we gotta do those so ll luckily he stabs the eye of that shark the dick out of it and he gets well, yeah. and, and before this there's a dumbass moment by one of the, the shark they trick the shark by using the surfacing gear that's very colorful and to kind of float up with them as they're trying to escape and the shark goes yeah. for it man he bites the gear yep and and you know he does eventually get ll's leg but I mean, I thought the sharks are supposed to be smart, but they apparently can prank them. Yeah. And then they had the thought bubble of the sharks. And I thought that was the Fonz. Fuck. He gets he gets away. 
And then Thomas Jane basically, they have the stupid plan to harpoon it and then attach the tip of the harpoon to a very small battery. And then blow up the shark. Yeah. Which I've I've accidentally licked my finger and touched one of those batteries, and I did not mm. explode like a shark. And there wasn't 200 yards of cable. It was my finger right on the battery. Same battery. I did not mm. explode. So that's their plan. They get LL, of course, they out of the water, and, and Safi, his Safi heals, or Safi... <laughs> medicates i don't know saffron medicates that she she puts bandages all over his leg they have this plan and then the shark old time jane can't harpoon it it's too far it's getting out so what does saffron burrows well first of all mysteriously saffron is holding a giant chunk of metal for no fucking reason (laughs) and then saffron cuts (laughs) and saffron jumps and then saffron sacrifices Mm -hmm. it's funny because the film doesn't make you you don't think she's giving up her life in that scene, but then then there's she has no way of getting back onto the platform. <laughs> it's a good idea gone awful for her. She's did not. She's like, I'm, I'm going to do a nice gesture. I'm going to bleed in the water a little bit. She say, Come to mama. She says that to the show. I'm going to bleed a little while and get GTFO and then let Tom do the hard work. And then to her credit, she does GTFO. <laughs> Sa- Saffron dies. She um dies hard. <laughs> Her hand, her her cut hand is the the least of her problems. At the end of this movie, and the thing about the weird, the survivors of this movie, Tom Jane and LL Cool J, who LL Cool J ends up being the ultimate hero. He 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 actually shoots the harpoon and then harpoons Tom Jane to a shark riding again. He pins his leg to like the fin of the shark, and the, and the shark's making a break for it, and so then he has to, you know, luckily the shark throws old. Tommy Jane off before it blows up. Basically, yeah. you know, this is whole back and forth. But what is interesting about a movie about Curing Alzheimer's, these two characters, this is something they're going to want to forget. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> this whole experience. And also, the Chiron that comes up at the end of the film that says, and to you, Alzheimer's patients, sorry. Sorry. No cure for you. <laughs> the, one of the writers of this movie, by the way, he got this idea because he saw a horrific shark attack and then he had a dream about a sh- like a shark that could think like that was his nightmare sharks that he was surrounded by sharks that could think. And that's, he, he penned this movie. Very interesting. Sometimes you, and you have a nightmare, you got to write a script. Yeah, of course. Get it out, yeah. get it out of the old noggin. You know, how do you think Ray was, came about the Jamie, interesting. The Jamie Foxx movie. Look, time at sea is rough. You're down mm-hmm. there sweating it out. Playing cards, playing hearts, playing spades, playing pinochle, playing cluster fucking each other in the ass. Doing all sorts of neat things down there. Eating peanuts, throwing darts at posters, you know, doing all sorts of neat stuff. One of the things you could do down there is get a tat. So if you're down there nailing it, what would you get a tattoo of? It's an interesting question. Well, I mean, tattoo is mentioned in this movie. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sam Jackson talks about how old he is when he makes that reference. And in the time since that happened, they've made a movie and a TV series. Actually, the current TV series is getting kind of good reviews. I'll let you sucker up to that. So mine's easy. You're peeking through the window of a retirement community, uh, and there's a person in a bed, bedridden, an elderly individual with Alzheimer's. And he's looking out the window and says, hope she gets here with my cure soon. (laughs) That's your tattoo. You remember that that was happening. It's a good sign. Yeah. And then and then it turns out uh, it's just Robert Smith. Huge zoom. I would just get the tattoo of um, LL uh, omelet recipe on my arm. 
just that badass recipe, you know, and just called LL's secret omelet recipe. Or I could, I wouldn't say that. I could say Sherman Dudley's omelet and just get that, you know, the stuff. By the way, did you stay through the credits to listen to his song? I did. Yeah. My head is like a shark fin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just making sure you did listen to that. Yeah. I'm going to zoom in real quick. He wrote that for this movie. (laughs) It's huge. Look, movie's over, but the credits have rolled and that song has killed it. But there's a little scene at the end there. They've added a little stinger. What you got? Oh, this is like a extended scene, huh? The camera goes through the water and it goes into the, all the corridors and the, de- and the depths and Stellan's hanging there upside down and he blinks. <laughs> He's still alive. <laughs> but they put an extra fat oxygen tank yeah, on him. Yeah, PHAT. He's fine. Yeah. Playing dead. Doesn't know and told him all the sharks He's are mi- gone. He's still- His only injuries, uh, a missing arm and a little piece of glass embedded in his forehead. Everything else is great. And then you see they zoom in on his arm, and there's like a little tiny hand there. It's growing back. <laughs> it's like it's not the only genetic uh, laws they were breaking. That's, you yeah, know? that's nice. Mine's simple. They've killed all the smart sharks. I know. Um, the the bloodied and battered Thomas Jane and LL Cool J survived. They've killed all the smart sharks. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there are hundreds of dumb sharks smelling that blood, <laughs> and they come and dickens the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they do get rescued at the end. They, I thought maybe they are going to do a thing uh, ending because Ello mentions that the place is sinking and they're just kind of on this platform. But then there's a the, the weekend, the week, the weekday crews, crews coming back. Can you yeah, say? right before they pull up, though, the sharks just ravage, just <laughs> they destroy those guys too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dumb sharks win. Actually, more effective than the smart sharks. So money is crossed. Ex- escrow. It's across across it, and you've been given the ability to do a sequel to Deep Blue Sea. Oh man! And there've been there've actually been two, which blows my pants away. But I know I want no nobody came back, right? No LL, no Tom Jane, obviously wouldn't come back. We have to see them. I mean, what's the premise? They're still trying to cure Alzheimer's. I don't think so. The the new one is Athlete's Foot. Mm -hmm. They found out that there's tenactin in their bloodstream, so they're trying to get it and get it out. Well, I would do the true sequel. I would do the true sequel to this movie. All right. And it would involve, yeah, no characters come back but one. All right. Saffron recuperates, my friend. <laughs> she, like, Darth Maul's this. Oh, I love it. Got robot legs, you know, and she's working in the labs and she's still fixated. She's like, I know, look, it's just like Jurassic Park. I know this shit's not a great idea, but let's start it again. Let's do it again. Let's reboot this. New lab, new crew. <laughs> Different sharks, you know, she's still she's still out there. She's also trying to cure erectile dysfunction, like I said. Yeah. But yeah, this could be it. This could this could work. Yeah, she's got the Darth Maul uh, robot legs from Solo. <laughs> Makes me happy because I don't really want to see her dead, even though she was like kind of a bad person in this. I still liked her character, sort of. Shark still gets a little half hard when it sees it in that robot bikini, though. <laughs> My sequel takes place immediately after this one. Oh, wow. The body parts of the shark are draining down to the bottom of the ocean, and a flounder swims up and eats a piece of that brain. Oh, wow. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's like, whoa. It's like the lights just turned on. I'm smart as fuck. (laughs) And so this creature with both sides of his face on the same side of his face is flitting around going, man, I got some ideas. And this little tasty-ass treat is the smartest bitch in the water now. So he's oh, swimming around. Yeah. He's like, look, octopus, don't change color so soon. It gives your position away, dude. 
just flies away. Goes to it goes to a puffer fish. Don't inflate. It slows you down. There are things that'll eat you. Puffer fish is like, man, you're so so smart. He'll go up to like a moray eel. He's like, look, people are starting to realize you're not dangerous. You got to do something about your image. Show them teeth. Eel's like, thanks, dog. Goes back into his cave. Goes down to the lantern fish down at the bottom of the sea. He's like, look, that see that glowing orb? Don't go near it. It's not your mate, motherfucker. There's an angler fish at the end of that. And the other fish is like, fuck. So <laughs> he goes to a sea slug. He's like, look, you're poisonous as fuck. Get up there. Get up there and do something. You know, every he's like going around teaching everybody the truth. Hey, he's fixing the, the sea. problem is he fucks it up. He changes nature, man. God's will, man. Changes nature. All of a sudden, the, 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 the food chain's all jacked out. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, he, he does more harm than good. Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, killer, killer whales are suddenly vegetarians. are like, look, this is better on your colon. Just eat, eat kelp. It's better on your ass. And the, the the killer whale, all of a sudden, overpopulation of tuna. Those fucking hard asses are swimming fast through the water, creating chunky waves. <laughs> that flounder <laughs> fucked it up, man. Yeah, it's it's hard to surf when a, on them chunky waves. <laughs> Look, uh, your bank account's bursting at the seams because you've been given the ability to have your own business related to deep blue sea. What you put in? Well, I'm just going to produce. I think this would be a. I think this is a good idea, and you don't have to link it necessarily to Deep Blue Sea, but any. I think we can agree the shark attacks are the big moments in this film. Painful, That'll be your secret. And as painful as they look, they look cool. Like whenever you get bit by a shark for a minute, you look kind of cool with that shark on you. Like there's that scene with um, that girl, the 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 woman getting bit from the leg up. She's look wearing that shark. You know, Sam Jackson's getting pulled in backwards by the shark. She's wearing. He's kind of wearing shark on his back for a minute if you freeze it it looks like you're kind of wearing a shark before it snaps you saffron saffron wears yeah i think why not make foam versions of sharks to hang on you at at all times not just like halloween but like you're in a business meeting right you got a (laughs) you got a shark mouth from shoulder to top of your head like just kind of biting into you you know very gingerly obviously not to hurt you right. but you're wearing this whole full-bodied foam shark and it's meeting you know, its teeth are meeting it wherever you want like you can put it wherever you want you could put one leg down there and walk on it yep i i just feel like this is something that could maybe sweep the corporate world you could see everybody could have fun with wearing like a foam shark yep. what do you think i'd i think i'd sell more than one oh, fuck yeah just think about it. you step wrong and all of a sudden you poop a little and then you have like a little a shark-shaped wedge. You put it's a shark shark shark. You put it. You, you know, like friend, friend. Remember friendship bracelets, friendship beads, yeah. like all those trends, all swatch watches. Why not like a shark trend? Are you wearing like a foam shark? Around? Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm saying. I'm just brainstorming here. Could work. That's that's a true makeover. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> But you got any ideas? Better than that, you probably don't want to go. Well, I'm popping up all across the countryside is a franchise I've started called Kitchen Shark. And what it is, is it's a, it's sort of like a mixture of a restaurant and an escape room where there's a, a fully furnished kitchen mm-hmm. filled up to the old, right, right up to the bell with water. You know, there's debris floating around in it. Ovens are above the water line. And you, you basically have to sit someplace and have your, and you order your food, can't get out, and then you hear a rumbling sound when they release a shark into the waters and it's your job to exist in the kitchen with the shark chefs are chefs are shitting their pants are going on top of the, you know, you see a guy trying to, he's trying to do like a duck l'orange while Mm -hmm. trying to keep himself alive. You know, he's like, you know, he's peeing into the water with fear. Sharks drinking that piss. You could see it drinking and slurping the piss. (laughs) What's it called? Shark kitchen, kitchen, shark, kitchen, shark. Yeah. 
Why not Shark Kitchen? It sounds too much. Sounds too much like a reality show. Shark Tank sounds yeah, like Shark yeah. Tank. And so, what if you win? So the judges are they still judging your food, or they if you survive, you win? Like what's going on? Nothing. You eat your dinner, and eventually you're you succumb to the shark's needs. Right. There's no escape route. Okay. I mean, but eventually the chef dies, and then you die, <laughs> and the shark lives. I mean, that's that's why it's a franchise. <laughs> Why do you always you always call it an escape room? A lot of your ideas are escape room. No one ever escapes because no, like, no well because nobody is going to go to an escape room knowing in advance that there's no escape. Yeah, that is yeah. a problem. Yeah. I got to get him in the door. It's like the Roach Motel. You know, we should have the Loach Motel. You go in and then you're bored for two hours. <laughs> then you leave the theater. By the way, I think it'd be cool if if in Kitchen Shark, it's an animatronic shark. So like yeah. we release an animatronic shark into the room and it still kills and then you, a, and then a real one after it. <laughs> look you're in the movie you're a piece of this fucking thing you're, you're in there yeah that would be fun to be in this movie i'm a remora okay and what's that it's, it's that, that it's that it's a, a we call it a um a symbiotic species it, it, it it's a they're the ones that attach to sharks those little fish that attach to the sides of sharks mm-hmm. and uh you know hang out clean out its teeth and shit so i'm one of those i'm hanging on to one of the killer sharks just having the time of my life narrating everything as it goes i'm like attached to the shark's you know side all of a sudden like a like a one of uh stellan's uh you know his nose goes by or something i'm like look at this shit i take a snack of that you know like somebody's pubes flit through, through the water i'm i kick him with my tail I, I flip the pubes so that they disperse maybe the shark is trying to wedge into a corridor and, I, and i'm i'm the thing keeping him so i'll like hey let me zip ahead to, i'll check out see what's around the corner and then the shark bursts through and I, you know, nudge him. Hey, look, there's a there's a chef hiding over here. So I'm like giving him advice, you know, and, I, and then I'll just attach to him and I'll take, you know, I'll, little some pieces of meat will fly out of his mouth. I'll clean them up for him. You know, a couple of feathers. I'm, I'm his uh, I'm his buddy. You know, it's a little sidekick. You like that. Yeah, we didn't mention that the parrot does get swallowed by a shark at one point. Yeah. Um, is he are you like the shark's ratatouille with this thing? I'm a rem- kind of. I don't, I don't. I don't. I didn't see ratatouille. I don't know what that means. Are you remoting the shark around? No, 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 no. It- I'm just. I'm okay. just attached to it. I'm symbiotic. You're like it's. You're like the shark's salacious crumb. Yeah, yeah. I'm like. I'm like Squiggy. I'm like Larry Bud Melman on the shark. Yeah. I get it. It's a, it's a very clear picture. Yeah. I'm the fourth shark. <laughs> I'm the fourth shark's smart shark, and I'm so smart that I've. Someone dropped a book called Meat is Murder, and I've read the book and I've seen the light. So I've been trying to convince my other buddies that we can't, we need to eat seaweed only, you know, whatever. Just got to keep it, keep it veg. And I got a beret on, like found a beret that I've fixed to my, to my hat. I'm trying to start a band with other sharks. They're not listening. I picked up bass. You know, when all the stuff, the havoc's going on above me, I'm not paying attention to because I'm practicing. I'm 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 going through sheet music for bass. I'm just trying to to nail out some, and I'm pretty good. I think I'm pretty good. It does sound like shit to everybody, but I think it sounds good. And um, that's it. And then you find out your fins are too big because you're mm-hmm. actually reading sheet music for bass. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm just saying that that's he's like the most chill, smart shark you can ever ever imagine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's what that's 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 me. I, I don't I don't do any of it. Every once in a while, maybe a, a hunk of meat will float down, and I'll pretend it fell into my mouth. Yeah. By mistake, I go, "Oh, gross! What?" And I swallow it. You yeah, know. I can't believe it. 
I didn't even know that was coming. You know, I'm, I'm down there underneath the lab, basically like a vacuum cleaner almost, trying to get the falling flesh and bone. <laughs> I'm pretending it's by accident. That's cute. Do you know what I'm saying? Trying to keep my rep neck. You use a pick or you... I'm married to a seahorse. <laughs> that's good. And that's how all the other sharks frown on it, that relationship, but you can't, you know, it's true love, you know. Does she expect you to carry the young in your mouth? It's a he, because I'm a she, because aren't they all these smart shark she's? I guess so, yeah. Well, yeah, I feel so. bad for a seahorse trying to carry shark young in its mouth. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I'm trying to make the best of a bad situation. Look, you're on an island. You've been there low these many years. You've gathered debris from all these films, and it's time to take something from the deep blue sea. What are you taking? I might take those power bars that were ziplocked. <laughs> Did you remember that? And then LL Browns He doesn't upon, like it, like yeah. I like seeing power bars aboard his ship where he makes his gourmet meals, but I might take those power bars because you never know when you need a little energy, a little pep. In By the stuff. way, I don't mean to zoom in, but every hall in that movie is the mess hall. And by the end, <laughs> that's true. I didn't catch the flavors of those power bars. What flavors do they have? Peanut butter is the most common. Is there always peanut butter involved? Pretty much. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take us. You know, as long you know, power bars always taste horrible, right? Like they're not good. Power bar, it's a, they're great. Are they The only great? thing is they're a little sweet. Like they little, make you feel a little sweety. Aren't they supposed to be? Like, is it, you need to it doesn't, bite off the No, it's a little too sweet. Makes you feel, it's a little too decadent. It should, it should feel like it's healthy, then it doesn't. <laughs> a little too decadent. Yeah. No one has said <laughs> that um, ever. All right. That's what I would take. I'm going to take those power bars. So there is a tremendous amount of blood in the water in this movie. So what I've done is I've created a blood pool. With all the bloods from this movie and all some of the pieces too, all the shit, all the bloods, and I've got a whirlpool. It's like a like I've made a jacuzzi, a gigantic jacuzzi with mm. all the swirling crimson terror, and I've got a just it's beautiful, man. I got little rope lights hanging over it, tiki torches lit, and you just saunter up into that blood and you just spread them in there and you just let the stuff wash all over you. You got, oh, a little saffron just hit me in the boob. You know, like, oh, that was that's definitely Stellan blood. Even there's a little Tom Jane blood in there, you know? And lots, yeah, he does. lots of shark blood, which yeah. I don't mean to zoom in, one of the best snow cone flavors. <laughs> that's true, yeah. right? So I am just, I just, some people get a milk mustache. <laughs> I come out, I've teats down, I'm red. You see me walk around my island, I'm, I've got like a permanent blood tan. <laughs> I am bathing, uh, you know, I've got a coconut, I've got a coconut with a straw coming out of it. I'm naked as the day is young in that thing, just letting the water and the blood swirl around me. Sure, my cousin yeah. man. Not even top 10 weird things you have on your island. <laughs> Not even top 10. Well, it sounds refreshing, I guess. Yeah. What, what's that deodorant? What's that perfume you're wearing? Copper. I see you emerge from your bloodbath, walking stained naked around your island, mm -hmm. and you hear me off in the distance, and I'm like, "Hey, Nick, go long!" And you're like, "What?" And I, you just, I just cock my arm, hurl a a, a power bar at you because I got two, man. <laughs> okay, because it's weird to come out of a pool naked and somebody say, "Go long." Not that way. <laughs> Yeah, if I and I, I got an arm on me, man. Apparently, maybe I slingshot it to you. You know, picture um a big band between two coconut trees, and I'm I'm sending a power bar your way. Yeah, what do you think? I love it. I love it. I got two, and then I've got a slingshot. Oh, and you're and you're, and you're and it lands near you. You're like, what is this? I said it's it's Rappaport's knuckle. 
surprise from eyes to skies. Patrons come and go. Surprise, surprise from eyes to skies. Patrons come and go. May you be weak and healthy. Find yourself in cold storage. No, no, don't go. Only one way to dig into your large initial relation. Find yourself in. Surprise!